Hello and welcome to our Women on a Mission podcast, the online destination for women and men who want to create a life that they truly love, one without limits, one with more balance, more self-belief and endless possibilities for the future. I'm your host, Deborah Craig. I'm an intuitive life mentor and hypnotherapist. And every week I'll bring you guest experts, individuals with lived experience, and of course, I'll share client case studies so that you can experience some of the best ideas and solutions to help you solve real life problems so that you can live a happy and healthy life and of course become the best version of yourself every single day. You see, I've found that to reach our full potential in our careers, relationships, our health goals, and in life, we must take a look at what's going on on the inside of ourselves, as this is where the change really starts. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and remember, leave feedback and comments so that I can continue to bring you content and guests that truly help you become the best version of yourself so that you can live a life that you love. Hi and welcome everyone who is listening, wherever you are, uh, to this week's episode of A Woman on a Mission podcast with me, your host, Deborah Craig, intuitive life mentor and hypnotherapist. I have a special guest here today with me that I can't wait to introduce in a few moments. We are going to be talking about all things living your life without limits. So what am I talking about when I talk about living your life without limits? Because you've probably heard me mention it so many times. Well, the thing is, we can put so many limits on ourselves, limiting beliefs about what we think we can and can't do. We may have anxiety and stressors that keep us stuck, procrastination, perfectionism, all of these to name but a few of the types of things that keep us stuck and stopping us from living our life without limits. So today I am going to welcome on my guest, Mark Carolyn. If you want to come and join us, Mark. Hi, Mark. Thanks very much for joining us. Hi, Deborah. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Most welcome. So for anyone who doesn't know, Mark is a life and executive coach, well-being coach, and most recently, he has been a TEDx speaker as well. So thanks so much for joining us. I know you've had plenty of client experience and probably personal experience as well, dealing with limitations in life and how to get ourselves to a place where we can sort of push past that and actually become all we can be, have all we want to have and do all the things that we want to do in life. So Mark, rather than me ramble on and tell people about you, a couple of sentences, a quick overview, who you are, what you do, and most importantly, could you just let the viewers know about your most recent uh, TEDx speech, and I will put a link to it into the description so that they can listen into this as well. Perfect. Lovely. Thank you, Deborah. I am, as you said, I'm a coach. I'm a life and executive coach, and I do well-being coaching and corporate well-being coaching. And obviously, I do public speaking, hence the TEDx talk. My own background is 20 years in the corporate world where I realized where I wasn't in the right place for me, where I was limiting myself. I had my own limits placed on my own life and how I could really live my life. And my TEDx talk is quite a lot about that journey and about the need for us to come home to who we really are because we limit ourselves by living these external lives. The title of the talk and my coaching philosophy is the idea of coming home to yourself. And the title of the talk was actually the magic of being yourself, because I was trying to highlight 
that when we learn to get out of our own way, when we learn to not be confined by the limiting beliefs we've created for ourselves throughout our life, suddenly our life becomes free, our life becomes open and our life becomes an adventure and an adventure in every day. And not to say every single day is going to be the greatest day of your life, but you are no longer dictated to by what happens in your life. You're back in control. You actually have charge of your life. And when you get into that space where you're making the choices in your life, that's where the magic happens. It really does. And it resonates a lot with myself and my own journey as well. For those that are my followers, they already know. It was a corporate life for me as well, sitting in that seat many a day in the office thinking, how did I get here? How did this, how is this life, the life that I'm in? And what is it that's keeping me stuck here? Beliefs, you know, unhelpful, limiting beliefs about money, um, about what I think I'm capable of, what I think is available to me, and actually what I think, um, where I place the value of myself um, in my overall life. So, um, a lot of what you've said there, you know, getting out of your own way, um, coming home to yourself resonates so much, not just for me, but even in the client work that I do. So thanks for sharing that. And the I'd love to expand maybe a wee bit just first of all about um, getting out of your own way. I love that phrase, right? I actually did a social media post about it, well, I don't know, maybe about a month ago or something, saying, I say it all the time, and I thought, and I was like, but what does that, what does that actually mean to people? Because we throw these phrases around all the time, but actually, what does it really mean when we say, get out of your own way? What, how mm. would you interpret that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's a great, it's a great way to start understanding why we are where we are. Um, an awful lot of why we do what we do is because of uh, the experience we've had to this date in life. And because of those experiences, we've built structures for ourselves. We've built, um, what I talk about in, our, in the TED Talk in particular, is we build walls. Because of stuff that's happened to us, we've put the walls in place. And we'll sit back and we think, oh, I can't do that because of this is in the way, because I can't do that because I don't have the courage to do that. I have the ability to do that. And look, at both of us can look at each other here, Deborah, and have a corporate career that look, we were in for a long time because we thought we couldn't do the other thing. We didn't believe it at the time. But why was that thought there? No one placed that thought in our head. No one came in and said, Deborah, this is who you are. This is your seat in this world. Don't even think about looking outside this world because this is where you belong. But you in your own head had put this thought there. Like I in my own head had put this thought there. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up is a thing we hear so often from people saying. And that's simply because we're not willing to push past the limits of our own thinking. And it's the limits are, are in our own thinking. Those limits are not an external thing to us. And if we keep those limits there and keep those lines there, well, then we're right. We can't go past them because we are deliberately limiting ourselves with that very thinking. Totally makes sense. And I think it's so true. Like most of what we have or most of where we limit ourselves will be a product of our own thought processes where we keep ourselves stuck. Um, I think, you know, from, you know, as far back and we've talked about, you know, all these limiting beliefs that build up throughout life, as far back as childhood, sometimes things do creep in from an early age, from an external experiences, you know, who we're surrounded by, what our family life is like, what was it like at school, and these just kind of get compounded, but unless we get to a point where we can realise, actually, I can challenge that, I actually have agency over myself, over mm -hmm. my own mind, over my own life, and 
I feel as if I learned that quite late on in life, which is crazy because I always thought I was really in control. <laughs> it wasn't until the moment I realised, oh, wait a minute, I'm not actually in the life that I want. I realised I'm not in control here or I've not taken control of my life. Um, but as I look back, and the same for a lot of the clients that I work with, the beliefs that they might have had, the walls that they built up, we then have all these things happen to us as we go through life that compound some of those beliefs that then stop us, I think, challenging them because we've now got a bit of evidence to say, oh, actually, maybe we're not that good or maybe we can't do that or maybe we um, shouldn't try that because I know before when I've tried something, I made a fool of myself, so I probably won't bother then. And over life, this starts to build up and build up and we get more and more limited to the point that we get into adult life and then we, we get where I was, which is how did I get here? I don't think I was meant to be in this life, in this office, sitting doing this job. Um, what about your own client work or even from your own personal experiences? Like, does that kind of resonate um, from any of the work that you do? Oh, 100% Debra. It's amazing how, and I'll talk about it for myself, I can talk about it for some clients as well. It's amazing how the fear becomes a real thing. We make it more tangible because it's a fear that we put in place first. And that fear is a fear of failure. It's a fear of judgment. It's a fear of being exposed. It's a fear of being vulnerable, being put ourselves out there into the world because what will happen to us? Oh, what if I get hurt? Because what we remember is I got hurt before. And I don't want to feel hurt again. So we remember getting hurt and therefore we can't put ourselves out there and take that risk. Like if I give you an example of, of when I switched into this world of coaching and public speaking. And I use this as an example of, 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 of a lot of the time. And it's amazing how something that would have been could have been a negative experience has now become a very positive way of looking at things. And this is again, this is where our limiting beliefs are. We need to reframe the stuff that's happened to us. So when I first started in the coaching space, loads of people who knew me and loads of friends said, oh, Mark, that's perfect for you. That is brilliant. I can't believe you're doing that. You know, you, you found the thing that's going to suit you down to the ground. That was brilliant. Great. Lovely to hear that. You feel a bit stronger about that. But then I, I was out one night and one of my friends said, this person that he knew had said, oh, him? How is he doing that? How can he do that? And yet I thought about that for months. Instead of all the people who give me all the positives, I thought about that one person who said, how can he do that? How does he, oh no, he, he can't do that. And I thought, maybe they're right. I can't do this. But, you know, why would they say that? So if they said that, there has to be a reason why they'd say that. And all that did was feed all the doubt I had about my own ability, feed all those fears that were always there that I was listening to for too long. And until one day I realized, I actually heard, thought, caught myself thinking about it. I said, well, wait a second. Why is that thought still in your head? Why are they there? And then I look for, for what's the truth of this? I'm now doing it. I've got the evidence. I've got the feedback from people that I'm doing, that it's working, that I'm doing well at this. And it made me realize what that had done to me over the period of time and how it had simply fed those things. And as I look back at it now, I realize like we need to realize anyone's opinion is simply their opinion and their thought and their idea. And was it because she wanted to do what I was doing and she didn't have the courage to do what I was doing? So she did me a huge favor by making that comment because it made me really address how I felt about the situation so I could push past it. And that is our big challenge in these limiting beliefs. And that's just my experience. But I, I can I give you a lovely one for a client mm -hmm. and a very simple from a limiting belief perspective, it was a young girl I was working with, Deborah, and she was about 24. 
Uh, no, she was 28, sorry. I started working with her and she was so concerned about what other people think, so lacking in her own self-confidence. She couldn't even go for a cup of coffee in a row. Oh, she couldn't sit, sit there or she was thinking, oh, everyone's thinking about me. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone's... And like the, the truth of it is, everyone's thinking about something. What they're doing is they're thinking about themselves. Everyone's thinking about what everyone else is that thinking is, about them. That is the truth right there. We get so consumed by thinking other people are thinking about us. And I say this to clients all the time, Mark. I'm like, believe me, they've moved on. They're not even giving it a second thought because their life is way more interesting and important to them than thinking about something that you're doing spot on. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. And we, but we all have this idea that everyone's thinking about us and we're really, we're just thinking about what they're thinking about us, which is, and, and as we learn that, we learn the value of what they're thinking too. But this, this girl, she was so lost in herself that she had lost that kind of confidence in herself. She had limited herself. I can't even do this on my own. And, and, you know, where, where we want to be from a beliefs perspective, instead of limiting ourselves, we want to see what our potential really is. What is out there? What can we really achieve in this life if we're willing to put ourselves out there? And with this girl, we started doing things slowly. So we started, first task was to actually go and have a cup of coffee. Now we worked and talked around her beliefs. What else did you really think about this kind of stuff? And then test it. Go for a cup of coffee in a row. And she went for a cup of coffee in a row. And guess what? Nothing happened. She just had a cup of coffee and she went home again. This but was the thing fine. is, she's now filling her subconscious with new evidence to support the new way of being. Yeah, completely. And, and I think, that, look, this is what's wonderful about this particular person. When I finished working with her, she had gone to the cinema on her own, just on her own, just got up, went to an art gallery on her own. We would tr- test it into new spaces so she could test herself. She had then, by, by the time I finished, she'd gone to a music festival on her own. Like, this was her own thing, to be able to do that. Now, that's a big, big step in terms of building your belief. I got a text from her at Christmas time I, just to say, happy Christmas, Mark. And by the way, you won't believe where I am now. She said, I haven't had a negative thought in must be nine months at this point. I am in a really good relationship. I found a partner at the moment. I've started a new job. All these things. So I had helped her get to a certain point. And what she had done is she had removed these limiting beliefs. And she had said, you know what? Now I'm running with this. And she was gone. And she was gone into her own world. And the world she was in now was so different from the world she was in when she began. Because she just started to shift those beliefs out of the way. Get out of and get out of her own way and doing it. I think that's a, that, that there is a perfect example of getting out your own way. Because, you know, from she clearly had that within her that she wanted to get out there, spread her wings. But the fear, the anxieties, the worry, the people are talking about me or speaking about me or whatever, keeping her stuck. I had a a, a client, different example, but but similar with the with the belief systems. She came to me. She, she says, "Oh, I, I'm going to. I think I'm getting made redundant. I have to be able to get another corporate job." So when we started working together, she actually said very early on. No, I always wished I'd been a teacher. Mm. And I was like, interesting. But you know how when you start working with people and this is, this is this would be like me saying, or you saying, day one, go for a coffee. And then in the second day, go to a music festival. You know how you just can't go to the, yeah. <laughs> you kind of jump the 10 steps yeah. because yeah. Yeah. they're not coming back to you to work then <laughs> if you're going to try and make them do that. So, and I just took a note of that and we explored it very briefly. We just continued the same path. She went for a an interview for a, a higher up position in corporate and uh, she was very well prepared for it. She'd realised she was capable and all the rest of it. But she messaged me after it. She went, I don't think I'm going to get it. She went, but what I've noticed is and I've realised 
that since working on myself and actually realizing what I want, she went, as I sat in the interview, I realized I don't want another corporate job. She went, can we now switch all of the work on to me switching into doing my teacher training for one year so that I can go in and do the thing that I always wanted to do? Oh, the best feeling in the world. And, and she's actually still in my, uh, one of my membership groups. And so I get to see a lot of what's still going on for her. And her life has just absolutely transformed. She's got a relationship. She's, you know, went in, she's doing, she's now in the teacher, you know, she's doing her one year teacher thing where she's in, uh, actually in a school now. And she messaged me to say, I always dreamed and manifested that I would get the school next to where I lived. She went, I've just had the phone call to say that I've been picked for the school right next to me. She went, how to think? She went, at that time when I came to you, low self-esteem, crippled with anxiety, our only one path, tunnel visioned, I must get another corporate job. Fast forward, in the dream that she wanted, in the school that she dreamed of, in a relationship. She's like, I just go out now, I do my thing. And I just, it just makes your heart sing, doesn't it? When you can see that journey where somebody's just almost like, you, when you talked about the walls, as the boundaries, I just imagine that there is her just ripping all these walls down along this journey and just smashing them out the way to become everything that she can be. Yeah. It's just profound for her. So it's it's like there's such a courage in in beginning to live your own life, but it becomes empowering. And you said a lovely thing there about how she, you know, dirty the first thing she said was about how she had a real dream. There was an underlying dream for all of this, for what she really wanted for her life. And the truth is we all have that. When you were in the corporate world, Deborah, I'm sure you experienced this like I did. You knew that while you had reasons for being there, and that we all have reasons, and often they're excuses, but they're also our reasons. So it's hard to differentiate between the two of them because we don't realize their excuses any longer. We know that things aren't right. We know instinctively that things aren't right. But because we've built up these walls that we can't listen to that instinct anymore. And we think, no, that's just, I'm just tired today. Or I know I'm not that happy, but next week will be fine. Or next month will be fine. And we owe it to ourselves to get out of our own way. Because if we don't, then we are going to be looking back at our life going, God, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done those things. And we don't want the regret. We're much better off having the having the experience of attempting to do something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. What we, we, what we will have done is learned. What we will have done is grown. What we will have done is become a bigger and better version of ourselves. And even if we have an idea that maybe it's a teaching thing or maybe we want to do a certain thing and we're down a certain path in life, that doesn't mean that that can't happen. It doesn't mean you can't find a way for the two of them to match and mix it a little bit better. And that just takes that little bit of work. It takes that little bit of small change. Let's be a little bit brave. What's the smallest thing you can do today to start breaking down those things? And that's where we start. We said it there, you can't jump to the end. What's the smallest step? Because that step shifts your perspective, shifts how you look at things and shifts your opportunities. 100% and I was just when you were talking there about you know when you're, you're sitting in the corporate environment or you're sitting you know in your job doing what you're doing there's only so long that you can kid yourself on because I don't know about you but I had a daily internal conflict because what was happening for me that I only know now in hindsight that I'm in this new world 
I had conflicting values, conflicting uh, things that were really important to me. And what was happening was I felt tormented yeah. because these two were constantly in conflict. And I thought, right, if I get a promotion into this new area, it'll fulfill the dream because I'll be doing X, Y, and Z. Right, if I go this big fancy holiday and this big fancy holiday, or I have all these nice things, this will fulfill that thing that I think is missing. And it wasn't until I made the decision to leave corporate and actually immerse myself fully. I don't even know how I did it when I reflect back now, because it was probably quite a big scary thing. Just didn't feel scary at the time because I just knew I was doing the right thing. And to immerse myself in my new life, it was like, it, it was the only way I can explain it. It's felt like the dams had burst because I must have been holding in so much about who I really was that the minute I started to immerse myself in my new world and my degree, which was all about psychology, because that's what my degree's in, in my third sector work, you know, and I did work in charities, childline and addiction mm. helplines and stuff. As soon as I went into that, I am helping people mode. I can't even explain it. It was just like this flood you know, of, of whatever was stuck inside me all started to come out. And then I started to slowly align into the person that I was meant to be. And I really don't have that internal battle anymore that I used to have every single day. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and that resonates with them, ask yourself, what really are my values? What do I stand for? What's important to me? Because if it's not what's happening right now, then do you want to get another year down the line, five years, 10 years, and think, why the heck didn't I take action? So there you go. That's my little bit of insight into what was going on for me. And look, there's a, there's so much in that, Deborah. There's so much to unpack. I'd like to touch on two points in particular. You said there about when you found yourself into a world where you were helping people. And I think for people, for your listeners, we... We, we carry ourselves who we are, even in our corporate world, even in the jobs that we're doing right now, even if it doesn't match up to what we are. But we will find ourselves still expressing that part of ourselves to help others, that part of ourselves to try and be a person who can be, be gone to. Like why I stayed in the corporate world for a lot of long time is because I loved people. I loved managing people. And I was always working and coaching people. And, and the people kept me there because I, I was getting... Out of that part of the world, out of the role, because I was always, I always had large teams of people that I was under, I was over. That was giving me a certain amount of the satisfaction the same. that I needed, you know. So you were still getting, it was getting touched on, but it was the other aspects and your other sense of values that weren't being met. And, and I feel, maybe this is an age thing too, I feel that a lot of our midlife crisis, and we go through changes in life, there's a, periods of life, let's say from your your. 15, up to 12, 12, 12 to 25 or so, 25 to 40 or so, 40 to 60, there's another life there. And I think this concept of midlife crisis, and I know it's too well portrayed in the male thing where we buy a fast car and do all this, these things like, and it's change, people are looking for change, but that's not the right change. No. <laughs> it comes from your values are here and where you're living is over here and they can't meet because they're going in the opposite direction to right. each other. And if they continue to go in the opposite direction to each other, then you cannot be happy. You Something's going to crash in the middle. And maybe you'll strive for change and it'll be change that's low-risk change that's not going to be the right change. But sometimes you need to start bringing it. And it's not what your values aren't going to meet. You have to come towards your values. And when you come towards your values and you find yourself into that space, 
That's it. You get the flow. Life starts to flow. It's not easy making the change into a new way of lifestyle, new way of living with a, with a business and things like that. But it's a different kind of challenge. I would say the old way, I was pedaling really fast and really hard because I was striving all the time, but I was going in the wrong direction. It was mm. taking so much energy and effort to constantly think about how do I carve out this next phase of my life in corporate. But every time I did, nothing ever felt like it landed or it did for a short period of time, but it never really fitted in with the overall goal of what I wanted to do with my life. And I think there's there's never a good time to, to take a chance on yourself. You know, you'll always have a reason to hold yourself back. But I think one of the things that I noticed is, is I certainly started to take more control, running away from it, going on holiday at every five seconds, every long weekend you could, you could come up with to just get away. If you're running away from your life, then that's the problem. And that's what I was doing. I was running away from life. So I was trying to escape sitting down and actually being still because when I got still and I actually thought about it, that's when I realized I need to do something different here. And if I don't take action now, I'm probably not going to take action at a later point. And that was the sort of pivotal moment, but avoiding listening to my gut, <laughs> I would say, is really what was going on there for a long time. And I noticed that with clients. So that client we talked about, you know, her gut always said, why are you not a teacher? You know, her gut was telling her instantly. I wanted to be a teacher, but I'm so focused because I need money. I've got a flat. I've got this, but that. I must have this other line of work. Who says? There's always ways you can make it work. You just mm. have to decide what you want so you can map out a plan. Decide what's most important and you go from there. And you're talking about instinct. I was writing this morning on social media about yesterday morning, I had to bludgeon a pigeon to death. And yeah, I have to say I read the post and I skimmed it and I thought I'll need to come back later and reply on this one. I have a friend that told me recently about a pigeon cat incident and that was enough for me. So well, <laughs> it, it, it was for me, though, it was so the cat couldn't help itself because the cat has an instinct to do what it has to do. And the cat doesn't doubt its instinct. It doesn't listen to anything else. It goes, I'm a cat. This is my function. This is what I do. For, for me to take the poor pigeon out of its misery, I had no choice. I was looking at going, right, well, it's suffering. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And it was that kind of, it made me think about it's 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 a now or never kind of thing. You've got to do some action. You've got to take these things. When people ask me, why do you do what you do now, Mark? My answer is I have no choice. I have no choice but to do this. Right now, I have got to be doing this. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it. I'm doing it because it falls in line with what my values are. I'm doing it because it's something that I, I get such a buzz out of doing and learning and growing. And I'm doing it because I learn and grow about myself. Yeah. Will I be doing exactly the same thing in 10 years time? Probably not because we have to grow and evolve as we're doing it. But this is exactly what I have to do right now because I have no choice because I know I wasn't doing what I needed to do for so long in life. But I also look back and I think there is a big risk in uh, not having enough self-compassion for ourselves in giving out to ourselves, like, oh, I should have been doing this 20 years ago. You know what? Maybe you could have been doing this 20 years ago, but you didn't plant that tree 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant that tree is now. So we need to have that bit of self-compassion for ourselves to say maybe everything we needed to go through and a lot of the lessons we learned up to this point 
or what will help us as we move forward as well. I totally agree with that, Mark. Like if, if it wasn't for everything that I'd been through, childhood, teens and all the way through, I don't know that I would be the version of myself that was ready to go in and take the journey that I've taken to commit a corporate and transition all my career and all these different things. I think we need the lessons. So okay. I think if you're right, self-compassion, no regrets. The decisions I made then were what I thought was right then, just like my clients, just like yourself. But we get a chance to make different decisions now. And I think that's the key is just knowing that you've got that agency. You've got that ability to empower yourself to make different choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lovely client I was working with about a year ago, uh, Deborah, and she was 67. She was work, She was trying to get out of family business and into retirement. So she had wound down to two days to three days a week and she was winding down to zero days. But she'd spent her whole life playing roles and roles are a huge way we limit ourselves. My role in the family business, my role as a mother, my role as a wife. And she wasn't in what seemed a very supportive or happy marriage with her husband of 55 years at this point. And, and she wasn't about to she wasn't about to change that. OK, that was a dramatic change. But what she needed to do was find her own space again in life and find who she was. Anytime she was a day off, the, the couple of days she wasn't working, her kids would contact her straight away and say, well, can you mind the mind our kids? And she's like, I won't use the language she used, but it's like, mm -hmm. I love my grandkids, but sometimes I'm something she's sick of it. And, and the thing was, she was playing this role of mother and and um, support all the time. And because she was always playing these roles, she didn't know who she was. Where am I in all of this? Where do I fit? So she started to do things for herself. She would say to her husband, I'm not here this evening. I left enough dinner. You mind yourself and look after yourself. I'll be back later on tonight. And she started doing these things simply, simple things for herself to find who she was. And what I love most about it is, at the end, when I finished working with her, she said to me she was going to do something to represent how she felt free to make her own decisions and choices in life now. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. What are you going to do? And she said, well, I'm after getting a role in the play. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You've got a lead role in the play. That's what she said, you've got the lead role. And she said, no, 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 but that's not exactly what it is. She said, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, you know tomorrow when I send you a message. Well, that's intriguing. And then the next day I got a text. It was a picture from her and it was a picture of her arm. And she had got a tattoo the whole oh. inside of her arm. <laughs> And the tattoo, she simply said in the message, this tattoo to me represents freedom. Every time I see my arm, I know I'm free to choose what I need to choose in a situation. Wow. <laughs> I know that was just brilliant. But And sometimes we need that thing. I'm a huge believer in finding something that represents what you need, that anchors you into the feeling that you want so you move forward with that. Because sometimes we need that thing to remind us, I'm brave, I can do this. Yeah, for sure. There's just so much in who recognizing who you are what you want from your life and not about what other people expect from you or what you expect from yourself and the role in their lives and I think that's a whole other podcast and to be honest I actually would love you to come back on again Mark I think we'd have more stuff that we could share but for this one today I'm afraid we're going to need to wrap it up for our chat for today um, and I want to just thank you for coming on and being an amazing guest and what is the best way like do you have like a website address or is there another way that's the best way for anyone that's interested in reaching out to you? Um, I'll tag your, I'll put in your um, TEDx talk link to the description of this podcast and also your personal links uh, just for the audience. What's the best way for them to contact you? 
Perfect. Yeah. So you can contact me on Mark Carlin Coaching uh, on LinkedIn, Mark Carlin Coaching on Facebook or Instagram, and even very, very sporadically on TikTok. My kids are trying to educate me on that one. And MarkCarlinCoaching.com is my website. So you'll find me there too. All nice and simple. I'll put all the links into the description. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, that's the best way to do it. I'll just say thanks again. Uh, it was so good having you on and I'm pretty convinced I'll have you back on again quite soon. Yeah, I was taken aback that we we're already at, at time. That's it. That's we, it. I think it's we only just started. <laughs> I know we're both in a similar mindset and how we help people and these podcasts are short just to give a bit of a taster and insight for people that might want to do some deeper work on themselves and that's why they reach out to people like you and I so that they can take that next step so thanks everyone for tuning in and I'll be back same time same place next week bye-bye